0: Phantom Sway. We make stuff you'll love. Seriously, check us out.
1: Phantom Sway dot com.
0: Welcome to another episode of How Inappropriate, the show where we ask, could this movie get made today? I'm your host, Kira Allen, uh, and I'm very pleased to introduce this week's guest. She's a friend. She's intelligent, funny. She's a YouTuber. Um, she's got a lot to say, and I'm so pleased she's with us. Please welcome <laughs> Sunny Loman from House of Sunny. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Kira. My pleasure. I'm so glad to have you here. Um Sunny, can you just like tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Sure.
1: Yeah, I'm a political humorist. I've, I do comedy videos on YouTube and lately I've been doing, a. you know, I've been kind of at the cutting edge of this thing called podcasting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were a guest on my podcast and that, that was, was a great episode. Yes,
0: we had fun. So, and I love to chat as you found out on your podcast. Um, and I thought oh, <laughs> Sunny would be a great person to have on we're doing, t- today we are doing the 1990 classic,
1: Pretty Woman. Classic. Classic. Listen, you could not have picked a better movie for me because I can basically storyboard this film from oh, memory. wow. I'm so glad to hear that. That's fantastic. I've had two great guests in a week in a
0: row, uh, then because last week we had Brandon Morris on, we did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and it turns Love out that that's like his favorite movie. That was his. Yeah, and <laughs> he
1: knew, knew like every line in it, so that was a is lot. Is it of sad fun. that Mine's About a Whore? I don't know a what this is about. we're gonna me, talk
0: but... about that. We are gonna <laughs> talk, we're gonna get there. Uh, this movie was made in 1990, directed by Gary Marshall, starring Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. If you don't know these things, then where have you been? Um, so I, so Sonny, you've said this is a favorite movie of yours. I can't remember the last time I sat down and watched this movie all the way through. Although like any child or person that lived through the nineties, I certainly know almost all the parts of it. So it's been a right. while since I, since I'd seen it. How long had it been for Same.
1: you? Same. Oh, I don't know. Uh, two decades. I, oh, okay. I, has it even been that long? Yes. I guess. Is it that old?
0: 1990. Yeah, I think it's like almost yeah. 30
1: years old. <laughs> I probably haven't seen it for at least two decades. And I was a teenager when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like, it was, a, it blew you away for some reason. I don't know why, but Julia Roberts with that hair, mm. she was like my hair icon, not yeah. the cleaned up version, but the, the horror version. <laughs> and, So we can talk about that. No,
0: yeah, we we definitely, there's a lot to talk about here um, because from the outset, the premise of this movie is very inappropriate. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to do it because I remembered it as a good movie and I still enjoy, you know, the, when I'm thinking of the movie, it's always positive thoughts. But if you really stop and think about what the movie is, it's, it's a movie about a hooker.
1: You really so, can't examine yes, it deeply or it can't. really breaks down. <laughs> We're going to
0: do that. We're going to do that right now. <laughs> and so I thought, well, you know, I wonder if it's as innocuous as I remember it. So I was interested to kind of get back in on this and discuss it. And I definitely wanted to talk about it with another woman. And, um, I mean, we, open, we're just going to start from the top. I mean, we open on, of course, scenes of LA and look at LA, it's sunny, it's high power. We open up on a, on a business meeting. It's a bunch of high powered men doing high powered things. There's, there's Jason Alexander known to us forever now as George Costanza. A young
1: Jason Alexander who looks exactly Exactly the same. same. He's
0: always looked 40.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Always.
1: He was probably. I think he's like in his 20s. And I mean, I can't. I didn't check it out, but I was looking at him going, wow, he's probably 29, 30.
0: He's got to be. He can't be much older than that. I mean, in the 80s, what's interesting is in the 80s, you'll see Jason Alexander pop up in movies. Um, I mean, he was a pretty steadily working actor when he got the Seinfeld. Seinfeld gig which of course launched him into celebrity status but his 80s roles are all like bad guys but like Seinfeld he's this hilarious dope it's just so funny that he managed to switch gears like that
1: it is I mean he went in this movie he's he's really a wicked guy and to go from that to sort of lovable doofus yeah is uh, a pretty good Pretty good trick.
0: <laughs> but we open up on the, uh, Jason Sander, He's he's in a business meeting. He's got his double-breasted suit on. Um, the reason
1: you know it's the '90s and not the '80s is they're not smoking
0: right. in the in the That's conference a good room. Point. <laughs> Very good point.
1: <laughs> because otherwise, one thing I was thinking when I was looking at the fashion in this this early these early clips is, I felt like it was '80s, but it is 1990. But
0: we it's are cusp. It's the, the cusp yeah. of it. Yeah. It's just, we're just kicking off the neon colors of the 80s and getting on our oversized pants and, Mm. you know, spandex and those things are starting to come in. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's right on the cusp there. It did look fairly 80s. Yep.
1: Shoulder pads are still in the girls'
0: clothes. And, yeah. I mean, it was shot in 89, too. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, And then we meet Edward who is uh richard gear edward is a busy businessman doing biz, just, busy business gorgeous things. Man. he has no time for love he's breaking up with his girlfriend on the phone he, oh i i have in my notes richard gear is sultry mm-hmm. like, he was just he was a very attractive man he still is you see pictures of him i mean he still is because he's aging like the rest of us but uh I, I thought, wow, yeah, there is this sultry quality about him.
1: Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I mean, I was a, like I said, I was a teenager, and he was 40 during this film. Yes. And there are no 40 year olds that I was attracted to when I was a teenager, but I would have gone out with this guy. Like, if I were old enough, I would have gone out. He oh, was yeah. gorgeous. Oh, no, I would have hit that for sure. Yeah. 100%. Rich. Yeah, gorgeous and of course therefore no time for love right busy he's a busy businessman doing
0: business things he has no time for love and then um we cut to our female protagonist julia roberts of course we open with a booty shot because how else do you open a movie with julia roberts in it in 1990 mm-hmm. gotta show that sweet sweet bod she was 23 he was 41 at the time of filming uh, not much has changed in hollywood i guess since then hey, we're still casting.
1: Richard Gere at 40 is like, I don't, yeah, I mean, I think I was, a, I was 17. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally gosh. inappropriate.
0: <laughs> but You know, and I never even thought about like what age he was. Although I do remember my mom being like, oh, he's so hot. And that kind of being yeah. a little icky to me, but. <laughs>
1: funny. Like, you like the same guy your mom likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's like, just eh. wrong. Well, have you ever seen it? Just not to digress, but sure. Officer and a Gentleman. Oh, yes, I have. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, he was. He's, he's so had the goods hot forever. in that
0: movie. He really has. Oh yeah. Um, so we open on on Julia's booty shot because of mm-hmm. course, and. Um, She's waking up, her alarm's ringing. Maybe this girl's getting ready to go to work, you know? She's getting herself gussied up. It's like, she's a
1: working girl. She's a
0: working girl. She's just going to go into the office. And, of course, you figure out, oh, she's a hooker.
1: Well, using a marker to fix the patent leather on your shoes, a black right. marker, is a is a giveaway. Right.
0: And she puts on her wig and that now iconic dress. Mm-hmm. Um, grabs her big jackets with the big shoulder pads and heads out. She's got to go find her roommate, Kit. Kit stole all their rent money. And it turns out Kit's a junkie. For drugs. Yeah, for drugs. She stole her... She wanted a party.
1: Carlos wanted a party. I found that Julia Roberts' character, Vivian, was very forgiving of that. Yeah. (laughs) She was very quick to forgive. Yeah. Well,
0: I have to say, one of my first notes in here is... um, you know, what kind of movie would this be if it hadn't been directed by Gary Marshall? And one of the trivia about this movie that's pretty well known by now is that this movie was much darker when it was originally written. And it was written as a story about two junkie prostitutes. So Julia Roberts' character was supposed to be a junkie too. And I was just thinking, like, wow, if this had been directed by... It was originally going to be directed by Werner Herzog. But then they decided to go... In a lighter yeah I
1: actually think that could be more inappropriate today that seems more like today's vibe yeah I mean one of the reasons you couldn't make this movie today is how charming Julia Roberts is yeah <laughs> and yeah
0: you make a great point I'm glad you said that word charming because this is the point it's right here in the beginning where we're going you know we're getting to know these girls we're figuring out you know their prostitutes we're figuring out how they Work things out. They have that little exchange where her roommates trying to convince her to sign up with this pimp, and she's like, "No, we, you know, we do who we want, when we want, you know, where we want. Basically, we're in charge. We're independent ladies. We're independent ladies. We're feminists. We're gonna give sex when we want to, even though
1: that's not true either because they need
0: for money, right? Yeah." Right, that was the girl power that's moment. The feminist version. That's of, the girl of, power yeah. moment in this movie, right? So it was, and and that's exactly the point where I said to myself, "This is gross." Like, yeah. and
1: but, I I'll tell you where I had that moment. Rewatching this, I had that moment where I said, "This is gross." <laughs> I'll tell you when we get there.
0: Okay, good, yeah. So I thought this is gross, but. It is really hard not to love Julia Roberts. She's so
1: charming. Like She's you childlike.
0: Yes, you can't make this. I think what I think, and I do have this in my notes too, that I think that this is the sign of a good movie is when a plot is disgusting, but the characters charm you. So you don't yeah. think about the plot very much. If you think about what this woman has done, with other yeah. men in order right. to pay she's, bills. She's, a, she's dirty. Yes. If you think about, you think about all of the like gross things she's had to do and the humiliation yeah. she's been subjected to just to pay the rent. And, but you don't, your mind doesn't go there because she is so, she is such a joy to look
1: at. Yeah. And yeah. she's not like, she's not psychologically affected by it.
0: That's the other thing, right? Yeah. So you don't have to be caught up in the emotion of that, which is a good. So if she thing. was
1: a junkie. She would be that. It would be that dark. You know, she's obviously drugging herself to mask the pain of what she goes through, and it would just be a sad reality TV episode of that HBO show where they're at the chicken ranch. <laughs> right. Whatever that show is. Yeah, um, uh, the Bunny Ranch. <laughs> the Bunny Ranch or whatever. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah The Bunny. Uh, yes.
0: That show is so sad. It is sad. It really is. I, I just, I'll tell you what, we're going to talk, we're, this is probably going to come up over and over again as the movie goes on. I know we're in a day and age where we're, we're supposed to think that sex work is somehow empowering. But when you actually meet the women who do it, it's not, it's no. not like college graduates who just like having sex for a lot of money. And it's, th- those aren't the people that do this stuff. There are right. people who are already very broken. Yeah. And that bunny ranch show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those girls, they like, they like to talk a big game, and they try to produce the show so it looks like they're in control. But they all have to sleep with that fat, gross owner, <laughs> Dennis. And yeah. they're like, oh, he's like a big brother, and he doesn't make us sleep with him. But I think Let there's him. one girl yeah. that's never slept with him on that ranch, and she's a lesbian.
1: Yeah, so, it's a sad deal. It's a so real it's, sad deal. You yeah. don't emerge innocent and playful and youthful and childlike like Julia Roberts does. But in this movie, she's that way. And I, I the funny thing about whether or not this movie is appro- I'm going to get a little dark here, is appropriate or not now, I kind of almost feel like it was, the story of it is a little bit actually in the vanguard. Because today you have all these famous women who do sex tapes and they, they all of the divas, all the kind of very very big rock stars and and actresses and stuff, they dress like strippers and hookers. I mean, that's today's fashion. And so back in 1990, that was pretty daring. Mm. And now it's kind of like, you know the scene and we're getting I'm getting a little head, but she's oh, walking ahead. down Beverly Rodeo Drive. She's dressed like a like a hooker and so they they mean to her but today that's kim kardashian right that's miley cyrus yeah right exactly beyonce and that's you a know, good point they're <laughs> all wearing like these the the stripper outfits you know At what it's, it's interesting you say that
0: sunny because i do have it in my notes later on is that when she is in, in that scene i was like was rodeo drive always that businessy and straight arrow i i i I'm pretty relatively new to California. I mean, I've only yeah. lived in Southern California for about eight or nine years. So, because now, if you go down to Rodale Drive, it's like trashy tourists, and yeah. it's all kinds. And like you say, movie stars that are wearing next to nothing, and paparazzi lurking around, right. and it's
1: and the not tall that. boots, and yeah. the, you know, that's whole all that whole thing is like, yeah, it's just like that. And I'm, and so I see this as kind of, there's nothing. I don't know what it was like, but. I mean, everybody, everybody who's not rich has been in a store where that snotty sales girl who probably makes less than you, but won't help you because, or, or just ignores you or, I don't know, it's happened to me in like a Prada store or uh you know what I mean?
0: Oh yeah. I yeah. clearly, I, when I was 19 years old, I was, uh, visiting my father and stepmother on spring break and I was getting a dress for the spring formal. My stepmom sent me to this fancy store in the mall. They lived in Washington, D.C. And so it was like some Capitol Hill fancy shop. And this lady was like, I, I picked a dress and I wanted to try it on. And she told me I couldn't try it on because I couldn't afford it. And I was so embarrassed oh, 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 my God. that I left. And when I went home, I told my stepmother, she was like, what? And she made yeah. me go back and buy the dress. She was like, I don't oh, my care gosh. if you don't wear this dress. You're going to buy it. So I do remember that happening. Yeah.
1: It doesn't happen to me as much as it used to when I was young. I think it's definitely a like an ageism that happens. Um, but I used to be very intimidated by stores like that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. me
1: too. So uh getting back so to So it's 17 I related. She's walking into these stores and they're mean. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
0: Totally. And it's I was going to ask you about that too. Um but we see uh these girls um and then her roommate Kit is, uh, they they go out to the boulevard, they're going to stake out their spots, and her roommate Kit is like cranky, and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm just hungry. And of course, my first thought was like, well, what the heck kind of drugs was she doing that they actually made her hungry? (laughs) Like, was she not (laughs) doing cocaine? She was like a a crackhead or something. I don't think you get hungry on crack. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, that must be some crack. Um, Yeah, it wasn't pot. It was not pot. (laughs) Not for... Rent money, the cost of rent money, right in nineteen eighty nine. Rent money
1: plus two hundred dollars. Oh, I'm like, remember, how much? she's two hundred dollars yeah. in debt.
0: Yes, plus two hundred dollars. Plus, I was like, well, what's their rent like? I mean, today that little small apartment would be That's
1: nothing. Yeah, like two grand a month. <laughs> yeah, it's an example of major inflation oh, yeah. that has gone on in this country. Because, <laughs> like later in the movie, she makes her three hundred dollars and she leaves like some of it for Kit to like pay rent and pay Carlos, and I'm like. Three hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, like this how is not much is left over?
1: Yeah, not much.
0: No, that was like, yeah, that I was like, okay, uh, money went further then. I guess I forgot.
1: I, I remember at the time thinking, like when she makes the deal with him for the week. I remember thinking, wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I guess 3, it 000. is a lot of money. Still three thousand for a not week, good. but when you're talking that is about a month's rent,
1: maybe up uh, two months rent.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. If you live in a tiny, tiny place, right? Yeah, which they did. Yep. So, um, of course, they run into Edward. Now, Edward has taken Jason Alexander's Lotus, Lotus, I guess. Yes, yeah. And it's a stick shift. Can't drive it. He's too fancy for stick shifts, as he tells us. His first car was a limousine. I can all relate to that. <laughs> uh, so, he, Christian Grey, <laughs> yeah, kind of character. He asks uh, Julia Roberts. He stops. Because, of course, she's on the street because she's a street walker. She, he stops to ask for directions and she immediately says that'll be $5. Another conceit in this movie where I'm like, this could not be made today because no one needs to stop for directions. It's just so cute that he was <laughs> lost.
1: Did you notice all the, like, handheld cell phones, the huge oh. brick cell phones in this movie? Yes. It's so funny.
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs> and so um they they get into the car and they start a conversation she guides and then finally she drives cuz hey she's she's a down home girl from Georgia. Yeah. So she's not some snooty LA person. She knows how to drive a stick shift cuz right. of course she does.
1: And she knows about cars. And this is something else that I thought you don't see this archetype today this and, and actually it's funny because when I was a when I was a young woman, I kind of admired this and I don't admire this anymore that much. And I think that the, the whole beautiful tomboy, that archetype, like you used to see that a lot. And she's kind of that, you know, she's this beautiful girl who can drive a car and knows about cars. And, and you saw that in my cousin Vinny and that just doesn't play anymore.
0: Yeah. I would say that character nowadays is more like a high powered exec or something. Or she's like right. a master negotiator. She's like some kind of she's got some kind of air of power about her.
1: And not as feminine. Like it's yeah. just not as girly. It's it's like you're either or. Yeah. You've kind of been pushed off and you're either feminine or you're smart and tomboyish. Right. Well, that's a good point.
0: Um they get to the hotel and Edward decides he'd like to invite her up for the night. This is where I asked and I want to ask you, I want to hear what you think about this. Is Edward a good guy? (laughs) I, they pull up and, and I still even watching that was like, I can't understand exactly what the decision he makes in his mind is. Is he just fascinated with this girl? Right. right? It's like, he doesn't seem that horny, you know? I mean, no, he's not horny. Yeah. Like not horny enough to pay someone. Um, so, but then I was like, is he a good guy? Because at the end of the day, you're talking about a guy who picked up a stranger on the side of the road and is now going to give her money to penetrate
1: her. Yeah. But I don't think that's why he's paying her. I, I mean, I got the thing like in the car that he's charmed by her and she's so charming. And then he just wants to spend more time with her. I think that he's going through a personal crisis, his dad died a month ago, right? Which we learn later. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, and then he has this breakup with the girlfriend and he's, he's upset about that. And he immediately leaves and gets in the car, you know, like it's, it's not clear when Mm. he leaves the party and takes the Lotus, he's upset about something. He wants to get out of there now. Mm. And he just had this breakup on the phone with this girlfriend. He tells her to move out of his apartment and he's frustrated by that. I think that he's the thing about the character is you don't really know a lot what's going on with him because he doesn't really talk about it. And Richard Gere is, plays that sort of strong silent type so well. But that was yeah. my kind of that's how I made it believable in my own mind. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a totally <laughs> legitimate way to look at it. But I was just wondering. A guy, I think he's cold. Like, I think he's a really cold guy. Yeah. But he does warm up at the end, and she kind of warms him up. It's interesting you say that because
0: um, Gary Marshall actually had to direct Richard Gere to rein it in a little bit. So Richard Gere was a little bit more emotive as they start began filming this movie, and mm-hmm. he moved around a lot. And Gary Marshall had to stop filming and tell him – "There's," I think he's, the quote I read was – Two people move in this movie. Guess, guess which one you are. <laughs> so he actually, and Richard Gere didn't like that. And he did. He wasn't pleased with that direction through the movie. And after the movie, of course, it went on to great success. And he changed his mind after he saw all those royalty checks. But, right. uh, but then, yeah, so that was a direction from Gary Marshall. Keep it kind of cold and tight and, yeah. and stuck up. Oh, well, that's interesting. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, oh, and another thing I have here, um we we have this whole scene he takes her up to the room, they chat, they get to know each other, he gives her strawberries and champagne. She's watching TV being super cute. You know, he he's not ready to get right into it. He just wants to have this young lady in the room. And at this is the point where when I started this movie, I was like this movie's 2 hours and 5 minutes. Like, that's a long movie, especially in 2018.
1: Yeah, that is a long movie. If it's for not a superhero back. movie,
0: yeah. like, this is a long movie to sit and watch in this day and age. Because movies right. are really short now. Or romantic they get comedies. Quickly yep. to the point. But I realized, like, I looked at the clock and 30 minutes had already passed. So that first scene where we just meet her and her roommate... To Where she finally gets alone in a room with Richard Gere. That's 30 minutes from beginning to end. That's a lot of time to spend setting up a relationship in any film. But it didn't feel like 30 minutes had passed. Like, I was like, oh, I feel like this movie just started. It didn't feel like it's been that long. I realized a part, I think maybe part of why this really gross concept works also is that Gary Marshall really took his time with letting us get to know these
1: people. You are right. I didn't think about that, but the the character development, the relationship, that the time in the hotel room is, I mean, they, they, she charms him in the car. She goes up. He's not into it. And the part where I went, oh my God, gross. Like I'm actually, she's a whore. Like when I <laughs> was, when she pulled the condoms out of her boot <laughs> yeah, yeah. and she was like, you know, and he's sitting there and she's like, okay, let's get down to business. And she's obviously kind of anxious to get going. Like she, she seems annoyed that they aren't getting right to it. It's like, she's the aggressor. I can
0: imagine though, that you would just want to get it over with.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Get
0: your money and get out. And then if you can get out in under an hour, then that's an extra few minutes you have. You get, get to go get money. another one. Yeah. Right. So I could imagine so, you'd want to get it over with.
1: Yeah. So she pulls these condoms out of her boot and I thought, oh my God, gross. <laughs> yeah. It, she's been
0: around. It's suddenly it's one of the few moments in that movie where you come face to face with what she actually does
1: right for a
0: living. And it doesn't jibe with Julia Roberts, right? You know, you're looking at this innocent, sweet looking girl and the thought of the stuff she has to do for her money. It is. Yeah, I agree. It was a little distasteful, but to give the film credit, it was clear that Richard Gere found it distasteful too. Yeah, like, he, he found did. there was a moment there where he was like, this is not, appealing you know he's kinda... it wasn't
1: until she was laughing at the comedy and you know at the she was watching a lucille ball show and laughing that you know continuing to be sort of charmed by her that then he was interested in having sex with her right <laughs> so but he also he didn't want to be like kind of pressured into i got the sense that he may or may not he was wasn't sure what he wanted Mm -hmm. to do, but he just wanted her there and he wanted time. And that's why he ends up saying, okay, stay the whole night. I'll pay you for the whole night so you can relax and stop pushing me to have sex with you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 So yeah, absolutely. So they, they finally get down to it. Of course she, she tells him this is an important plot point that there's no kissing because that's intimate and this is a business deal. Um, and they don't, you know, the movie isn't that sexually explicit, which was nice. And I kind of wish more movies would do that. I get, maybe as I get older and now I'm a parent, I know you're a parent too. Like we both have daughters there. I, it didn't bother me as much to see just flagrant sex in movies, but now that I'm a little older, I'm like, I don't need to see all that. Like, I understand what sex is and I know what happens. I kind of miss the days where they're like, we kiss, we grope a little, then fade and cut to us in bed. Like, that's all I need. I get it. You yeah. get it.
1: I don't know if I needed more before. I think sometimes less is more. I, you know, the the anticipation and the tension is way sexier than just showing it all. Yeah. Uh, you know, good directors know how to do that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't I, I don't think we need all all of that. But anyway, so we didn't thankfully we were spared that in this movie. Um of course I wake up in the morning, he offers her. But there's work.
1: more there's like sexy moments, like when they look at each other. She she looks at him and realizes, oh now, you know, he's looking at me, he's he's interested right now. She looks back at the TV, she looks at him. There are these eye moments that they have that are really flirty and sexy. And then she takes her dress off and she has this cute bra on and like the straps kind of coming off her shoulder. And then everything else is sort of left to the imagination. I thought that was great. I think you're right. I do. I think, I think you're
0: absolutely right. It creates a little bit of a, a, a of attention, tension and then it leaves you to fill in the blanks with your own imagination,
1: which <laughs> <laughs> I think is fine too. Sure. Um, Although we're talking about like if I would would I want my daughter to watch this show? I think mm. even my teenage daughter, I would want to talk to her about this because I think you think you're not absorbing some of the things about this, like that she's a hooker and that and and the message of kind of you know you can be rescued or whatever. Like just I don't know. There's just some things in here I didn't like.
0: There are all kinds of mixed messages in this movie, and I have noticed about almost everything. evil part of it. Yes. Is that it's
1: not very straightforward about you know, like we we're talking about. You come face to face with what sh- who she is really a few times, and everything else is designed to make you forget that.
0: Everything else is Cinderella. Yeah, everything yeah. else is fairy tale.
1: She's not Cinderella. She's not a house cleaner. Right. With an evil stepmother. She's a hooker.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And again, that goes back to like the mentality that a woman has to have to do that. And, and what, you know, what is broken in a woman for, for that to happen. And also there's mixed messages of like, if you just give a guy what he wants, then your fairy tale is going to come true as if you don't have any other, um, Agency over your situation other than give your body to a man and then if you give it enough or in the right way or if you're charming enough then that man will want to rescue you but you won't know unless you just give it up
1: yeah and on the one hand she's like well at the end you know she's all like oh, I have dignity I'm going to school whatever it's because now I have this money but um she wouldn't she needed him. She needed that rich man to come. And so there's like this weird anti-feminist, I don't want to say anti-feminist, but there's definitely a female gets rescued by rich man mm-hmm. thing about this that she would not have done for herself. She, she would not have gotten out of her situation on her own. Right. Exactly. No, that's a good point. And we're, actually... I don't know if you'd make that movie today. But at the same time, you might. I mean, but she would be a druggie and it'd be darker, and
0: or well, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get yeah. there. All right, I'm gonna say this because I do have some questions for you about this very, very subject. So. Um, we it's the next morning, um he's giving her breakfast. Yeah, he pulls out his, as you say, brick of a cell phone from his briefcase. Because <laughs> he's fancy and rich. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Oh, my gosh, that cell phone, that one call he made probably cost him $200. Right. And he had a phone in the
1: in, oh, and, and in he, the room. He he was talking to like Japan or something Yeah, yeah. and that was probably $500. <laughs> I think I, I
0: had a friend recently we were talking about the evolution of cell phones and he said his parents had a cell phone in 1987 and the plan was $800 a month. And the phone was like $4,000. Wow. Right. <laughs> it was like, wow. Yeah. Um So, he's talking to Jason Alexander. He's going to meet with um, the patriarch of of this business and his grandson. He's trying to buy out this business. He's trying to do a takeover, actually. He's going to meet them for dinner. And Jason Alexander says, well, you can't go by yourself. You know, he's he's a crunchy old bastard. And, you know, you need to... You need something to soften him up. You need a lady there. Now, Sonny, I have never understood this conceit in movies, but Hollywood makes this all the time. Even to this day, they still do it. This conceit of you have to go to the big meeting with a woman so he knows you're respectable. Like she's gotta be your wife, or she'd be like you know, people pretending to be married because the boss won't promote anyone that's not married. You know, and I'm like, i have yeah, actually the woman is like a
1: social lubricant kind of person.
0: Yeah. I've actually yeah. never seen that in real life. Usually typically
1: it's the I've opposite. never seen it in real life too, because men don't bring their wives because they want to hit on you because exactly. you're their coworker. Exactly. <laughs> or <laughs> me too. Or Hashtag would, me too.
0: <laughs> or you would want a man without like the strings of a family and a wife who can be at work all the time. Right. So I I've never understood this conceit. It's completely made
1: up. I've worked in business a long time. I I never met I barely ever met the wives.
0: Yeah. Well my husband's in uh in corporate America and I mean
1: You go to I the parties, a, like you go to the Christmas Occasionally, parties. yeah. Yeah, even some of and them are employees it. only. <laughs> but business dinners? No, no, not I, even at that level. I mean, I no. worked for entrepreneurs and stuff, and and had a lot of business dinner kind of sit. Never, ever. No, never. Occasionally,
0: my husband will take his subordinates out to get to know them, and so he'll say, "Come out, because we're taking so and so and his wife out to dinner." Yeah, just. To, but it's social. You know. but it's yeah, not a business. Yeah, thing. it's not right. a, like we're we gotta we got to inspect his wife and make sure if he's respectable enough for our business. I
1: I would go to like after work, happy hours and bring my boyfriend or, or see somebody else's wife or, you know, that's where I would sometimes meet people. But yeah, no, that didn't happen. But in this movie, one thing that was kind of interesting was that when they do go to the dinner, I, first of all, I think the lawyer wanted him to bring him. That's,
0: Oh, Oh my gosh. I never, I never
1: thought about that. Yeah, you're he didn't want him to go right. alone because he thought you're going to say something that is going to ah, get you sued. Yeah. And then, and then what ends up happening is he's there with this incredibly charming. I mean, like, oh, she's adorable. It's adorable. Like, I smiled through the whole scene, <laughs> and she can't. She doesn't have any. She's trying so hard to use the right fork and stuff, and she's just making a mess of it. And you can see Richard Gere saying, like, like the, the conversation starts to heat up and get tense, and then she accidentally launches an escargot across the room and everybody smiles and it's like, he's, and he's like, wow, she's really transforming this dinner into, you know, she's, she's absolutely diffusing the tension and he's even more charmed by her. (laughs) I I, honestly, it's a
0: master masterfully directed scene.
1: Yeah. Gary Marshall
0: is successful for a reason.
1: This movie. Um, one thing that I don't remember Thinking about it, it's been so long. Like I said, it's been so long since I've seen it. This movie is funny Yeah There are all these little under-your-breath one-liners that the two of them have they're constantly bantering With each other. Mm-hmm. It's very very funny. They had
0: this was excellent chemistry uh, I, I agree I mean, yes, again, from the top, as I said, like, I realized in one second, this is a gross concept. And then the very next second, I'm enjoying myself. You're laughing. Yeah. You're crying. You know, yeah. I'm still, even her junkie roommate, who, if you stop to think about it, is quite pathetic. Is very entertaining. She is. She's you know? adorable. She's adorable. You want to take her home with you. Yeah. And you don't linger on the desperation of their situation too much and i think that's a testament to gary marshall i mean that's a yeah. very subtle balance to strike yeah so yeah i it, that was that was a great scene yeah i was smiling through that whole scene <laughs> julie roberts looks amazing she looks she's so beautiful she's especially amazing at that age in this yeah. movie oh, yeah
1: it's, i i'm almost sad that she's gotten old because <laughs> She's still a beautiful woman, but what's worse is like I don't like her personality anymore. Yeah, yeah. She was just adorable. Yeah, I think
0: probably she always was a bit of a diva, but I'm sure
1: she was a diva, but yeah. she was not like now she seems hardened. Like hard and snotty and kind of condescending. Yeah, she that's have that. She just had yeah. I'm really cute and adorable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine what this many years in the business as a superstar does to a person i think you start to forget how to be a normal human being yeah So yeah well anyway we we cut to this bathtub scene it's next morning she's like can i get in your bath you know uh before i go <laughs> and i mean isn't this one of this movie has so one many iconic scenes, scenes. Right. i mean if you think of a person if i say to you just outside of this podcast if we meet up someday i'm like, Sonny, Tell me uh, a movie, a scene, any movie with a bathtub and bubbles. You're, you're going to think this. Scene.
1: Absolutely. It yeah.
0: was great. All those bubbles, and she's got her Walkman on, and she's, she's singing, singing Prince. She's so cute. She's so cute. And then Richard she's Gere so comes cute. in, and then he, he makes her the offer. Let's do this thing. I need you for a week. It's a business decision. And she smiles. And this is
1: like, oh, gosh. She pops she up with bubbles all over her face. Oh, yeah. And he has to wipe her face off like like you do with yes, your was toddler so in the bathtub.
0: And so cute. It's so cute. I did read that they had to make those suds out of detergent to keep them and so soapy, which must yeah. have been horrible to must have been hard on her skin. Yeah, they said they had to re dye her hair because it stripped the color out of her hair. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So um was my hair icon. I'm gonna say I when this came out, I did actually color my hair red because of this movie. Yeah,
0: I don't blame you. I mean
1: I already had the big perm and the big hair. Yeah. But I, I had to get the auburn shade.
0: Well I'm not white, so I don't have the same hair options but I even still fantasize like, about having a his hair. Yes. You're like, can I get a wig? Even today, Sunny, I'm 43 years old. If I could have that hair today, you, <laughs> you best believe I will go hair. buy it in a second. Is,
1: she has great hair it in this wig. It was hot. Way.
0: It was so... It's as good as does. hair can be. Truly. <laughs> Truly.
1: <laughs> she even has the little baby fine Yes. Hairs. That was and really 90s. This? That was really 90s, though. I, I, I'm like obsessed with this. Yeah, she had these like little baby yeah. fine hairs at her hairline that just made her look cute that too. That was very
0: 90s. You would go yeah. and actually get your baby hairs. Um, really? Yeah. People yeah. did that. Well, not white people as much, but like if you ask any black person over the age of 30 about baby hair, they will that's exactly what they'll tell you. Oh Do you yeah, think that was
1: influenced a... by Julia Roberts? I don't know. This or was they a big a really
0: or they just had a really good hairdresser on set who like just made her look like the bomb. I mean those locks were luxurious. Yeah, we've been talking about them for five minutes. (laughs) The hair, the
1: hair, the hair and the the passion. This
0: this scene though, you said she popped up and he he wiped those bubbles off her face. It was so cute. It right at that moment I have in my notes, Sonny, some people just have that star quality. And Julia Roberts has it like Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks. It's just somebody who Julia Roberts is not the most uh, talented actress in the world. She's not the smartest person in the world. But there is something about her, especially in this movie. She glows. She does. You want to watch her no matter what it is. She sparkles. That should be her stripper name. Sparkles. (laughs) Well you I I think that's a really good description. She sparkles. She
1: does. She really no, and I don't mean that like flippantly. She does sparkle. She really is there is that it quality and she has it for sure.
0: For sure. And we now we move on to another iconic scene in this film, which is her going shopping on Rodeo Drive. And I mean that's another thing you can say, like I cannot think of shopping on Rodeo Drive without thinking of pretty woman. I never drive down Rodeo Drive without thinking of pretty woman. Every huh. time. Yeah. Not that I'm there all that much, but, <laughs> but you know, the the occasion that I have to walk or drive that way.
1: Yeah, it's really an L.A. film. It's got some LA, L.A. landmarks in it. It's new to L.A., though. Yeah.
0: And Hollywood Boulevard, which is a lot cleaner in 1989, 1990 than it is now. Is it? Uh, well, in this movie it is. I don't know if you yeah. go down there now.
1: It's, is that where the tent cities are? Yeah, well, the tent cities... We're just seeing that on on the internet. We don't know exactly where it is. Up, I'm in the Bay Area. It's
0: um, pretty much all of LA's tent city right now. It's a yeah, dire. It's like San Francisco it's too. Disgusting, yeah. And a Hollywood Boulevard is the worst. It's It smells like pee and feces uh, and there's lights everywhere and it's flashy, but then there's homeless people everywhere. I took my mother, my mother visited her from Canada and she was like, this is Hollywood. And I'm like, Yep. <laughs> all that glitters is not gold. Too bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame, but that's a whole other podcast, isn't it? <laughs> right. So when then we get her, she meets the snooty sales lady and we talked about, uh, you know, our experiences with with the snooty sales lady and i'm just like lady like a trashy tourist don't come in there every day or something if you go down to rodeo now right that's right it's a lot those stores don't sell a lot to rich people there's just a lot of window shoppers there because because when people come to la they want to see
1: rodeo drive they say take me to rodeo drive right and they probably yeah, and say it because rich, of this movie. You're not shopping on Rodeo Drive. You are not. You are. You or
0: you are, but you're in the back, like in a private room.
1: Right. Yeah. You 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 breeze in and you go to the back. Exactly. Because you're not going to be with the plebes.
0: No. Not unless right. you're trying to get papped. Which happens. Right. Like so, if you want to be seen in the store window, then you call the paps and they show up and then you shop in the store window for a minute and then you go to the back with your champagne and whatever yeah. else they offer back there. I don't, I've I never it was been Was like the
1: that then, or if that's like a new thing, it, de- it definitely seems like this whole famous for being famous kind of thing has really changed how rich people operate. It could be, I wouldn't know. Never been, never been rich. rich. <laughs> no, I strive or famous maybe. for being famous. I strive you have to do to a be... sex tape, Kira. Yeah, that would really That's the one be, thing you yeah. haven't done. That
0: would, that, yeah, that would make about $3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, believe, enjoy this 43 just... year old overweight <laughs> housewife. Mother. <laughs> <Not> mother. <laughs> Not exactly. Hey, everyone's got a thing. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> that's true too. Thank you, Internet. <laughs> uh, that is true, too. So she can't get her dress because the snooty sales ladies right. think
1: she looks like a hooker when she is yeah. a hooker um this, by the way just deeply hurts her even though she is a hooker <laughs>
0: that, I, I kept writing that in my notes I mean there are many moments in this movie where like Richard Gere will make a reference to her price or her being, being a hooker or I someone know. will comment on it and she'll like her look hurt and I'll be yeah. like but you are a hooker right yeah. like why is this insulting this is literally what you right. do
1: exactly yeah
0: she was really upset but anyway you know she's a She's a sweet girl and she didn't want to be treated rude. She just wanted to spend her money. So.
1: She does make the point, you know, when she's saying they weren't nice to me and he's like, what? And, or no, later later in the movie when she gets treated like a hooker by somebody, she's like, you dress me up and then I'm in this situation and I'm better off in my own clothes because mm-hmm. then I can deal with it. Mm-hmm. I but thought that was didn't. a really insightful comment.
0: It was, but then she didn't. When she was in her clothes and somebody treated her like that, her she, like got, it, hurt. she got hurt. <laughs> hey, good point. <laughs> but I, it's fine. We're, we're
1: on her side, though, so it's fine. We are on her side. Yeah. We like her. And she goes back and – She has a knack throughout this movie of getting everybody on her side. That's, Julie,
0: that's the power of Julia Roberts. It is. Yes. That's when you have the right actress in a role that it elevates the script, and that's what she did. She elevated that script.
1: Yeah, so she goes back to the hotel and gets the hotel manager on her side. The
0: l- wonderful Hector Elizondo in, yeah, he's in an great iconic him. role. Yeah. He's great. He 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 also was a joy to watch. And she yeah. she finds him and he of course he's the hotel manager and they have this scene and she you know confesses to him that this is what she's doing and no one will help her. And so he sends her to Bridget and women's clothing in the hotel. And there's this little moment, Sonny, um, where he calls Bridget and, and, uh, he says, Bridget, this is the hotel manager Barney. And she says something on the other end. And he kind of gives this little laugh. He's like, Oh, well, thank you. You know, you <laughs> yes. too." and I thought, I want this movie. I want to see this movie where a middle-aged hotel manager and a middle-aged um, store yes. manager in the same hotel right. help a beautiful young hooker, and in the process, they fall, in, fall love in love and find a second life together as they move into the twilight of their years.
1: It's I love that idea, and it's funny <laughs> that you noted that moment because so did I. Oh. That moment really like stuck out, and I thought the dialogue in this movie is great like what a throwaway line yeah and yet it's it established immediately the relationship between him and this saleswoman and it just adds a layer and it established his charm as well and his kind of humility agreed you're right you're so right i mean it is such a
0: little throwaway line but it made a layer in the movie that just Kind of set the whole tone or helped with the tone, and again, I have to say Our that they
1: don't have that subtlety. No,
0: I, I agree, and I think also that's a testament not just to the writing but to the directing yeah. and and guiding, you know, and creating an atmosphere on set that allows Keeping that for in that. the final yeah.
1: cut, yeah. You know, who oh, who wouldn't just like throw that out because, well, it doesn't really move the plot but it goes to characterization, yeah,
0: it does, it does, and it helps. So, she he sends her to Bridget. And uh, Bridget gives hooks or Bridget gets it, you know, she's not like the snooty Rodeo
1: drive lady. No. She says, he's not really my uncle. And she said, they never are, dear. <laughs> which and, lets everybody yeah. know that this may be a hooker, but all of these other women who come in here with their credit cards and their legitimate customers, they're also hookers. They're just of different a version. sort. Yes. Right.
0: Yes. And. The prequel to this movie is Bridget's story, getting off the bus and turning tricks <laughs> for a living until she found a, a respectable
1: job as a yeah. hotel store manager. Or maybe she was a kept woman yes. with a sugar daddy for a while, <laughs> and a more she, respectable yeah. version yes. of the hooker.
0: I, it's funny you say that because um, there are several points in, in when I was watching the movie where I put in my notes, you know. No, none of the women, including really our main character, have any agency in this movie. And all of the women, save for Bridget and the Sooty store store lady, all of the women are just kept women. Of a sort, one or the other, you know, there's no one, there's no women in the board meeting. There's no women that aren't secretaries. Um, Every interaction she has with someone's wife is like, she's just lazy and does charity work. Or she just, (laughs) there's no women who are like doing anything in this movie to, to move their own lives along. Even Julia Roberts, like you said, she's got to at the end, even though it's a sweet ending or whatever, it's still her depending on this guy. Yeah. To get her out of her situation. Right. There's no women with agency in this movie.
1: Except perhaps Bridget. Yeah, I think Bridget, (laughs) maybe Kit. Maybe. Except that she's a druggie. But she's not really involved with any guys. Yeah. I don't know. But she's, you know, obviously a loser, so.
0: Yeah. Well, anyways, um... They they get the dress. He meets her in the the lobby. This is one of my favorite shots of the movie. When yeah, he walks right. In and he, I mean, I think it is a stunning shot. He walks yeah. in and he can't see her, even though she's sitting right at the bar. He and doesn't she's recognize her. has got her back turned to him. He doesn't recognize her. She turns around and she's got that stunning updo and that gorgeous black dress. And she looks amazing. And just the, even the angle of that shot. And how we move from focusing on Richard Gere to focusing on her, I just was like, yeah,
1: she's a star. Because I, like, Gary smile Marshall is the whole this time.
0: disarming, oh, innocent. Oh gosh,
1: yes. Like, oh, she's adorable. What guy and would want to walk in and see that looking at her? Not him? to go back to the hair. Is she wearing a banana clip? Oh, I didn't notice. She may be. That was acceptable fashion at the time. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a diamond crusted one or yeah. like a rhinestone crusted one, but I don't know. I mean, the whole, it's like this long thing behind her. It looks like a banana clip.
0: I didn't, I'll have to go back and look now.
1: I forgot I all about <laughs> banana clips until I saw that. I thought, oh my God,
0: yeah. banana clip. They still make them. I seen them in the store the other day. Um, let's see. So he, I just love that shot. They go to dinner. Yeah, the dress is beautiful. The dress you is could gorgeous. wear that
1: dress today. Yes. And I think there's a lot of fashion in here that holds up. I don't know if you noticed that, but well, that cocktail yeah. dress, that cocktail dress is, is, it's not even conservative. It's just, it's so classy and classic. The silhouette is classic. Mm-hmm. You could have worn that in a 1940s black and white film. You, you could wear it today. Yeah.
0: Yes. There was a lot of that. Now, part of why I'll say this part of why it may look like it still holds up is because we are currently now in the nineties cycle of fashion <laughs> So we're seeing a lot of these fashions getting recycled at the moment. That's a good point. So we might be a little skewed in how we view it. But I think your analysis of that dress is dead on. I mean, it would look good in any decade and You're she right. looked the, incredible the, in it.
1: The one thing that's kind of current is that off the shoulder little, you know, the shoulder bearing yeah. um, silhouette. And the choker. But, yeah. But but, yeah, I think it's it's classic enough, it's laced, it's black, mm-hmm. it's a tight silhouette, which is kind of timeless,
0: yeah, and she looks amazing in it, yeah, so um we we already talked about dinner with the old guy and how charming that was, um and then they go back and clearly, Richard Gere's been a little rattled, he leaves her up in the room, and um she is up there for most of the night and then finds him downstairs in the hotel bar or lounge or whatever. And the band is cleaning up and he's playing the piano and he's playing it well. Mm-hmm. He's, he's uh, and that looks like real Richard gear. It is real Richard gear. Yeah. And he composed that piece of music that he's You're playing. No. Yes. So he's quite talented as well as being sultry <laughs> um, and I also love this scene, even though it's a horror scene, <laughs> I, kinda, <laughs> I also love this scene because one of the things I love about the scene, Sonny, is there's no music under it to tell me how to feel. And I appreciate it when sometimes we can take a quiet moment and just absorb it as an audience. So she goes to the piano and they have a sexy little exchange and he dismisses everyone. They immediately leave. And yeah. And uh, he says
1: very quietly, very quietly, Yes. "Will you leave us please, gentlemen?" And they all just get up and yeah. go.
0: Now, the musicians I know would be like, "F you, buddy." Like, I got to hey, Did clean you up notice my they equipment. were smoking? Yeah, they were. I did notice that. After hours, so nobody was there.
1: Employees of the hotel smoking in the hotel restaurant. It's like two in the morning.
0: I thought they were members of the band and they were cleaning oh, up their equipment. So they weren't necessarily employees of the hotel, which was another reason I was like, why did they just leave? Like they don't even work there. They're just like contractor for the night or whatever. But yeah, I... he tells them to leave and they do. And it's just him and her. And she gets on the piano and then they start making out. And I'm the, sure no
1: one was peeking. The, you know, <laughs> the, the plinking of He's the like, will pianos. you leave us please? And they did. And they shut the door and they didn't look back. Yeah. Maybe. In spite of the fact that hot Julia Roberts in a robe is now sprawled across the piano. Right. There's no
0: security cameras, of course, where people are <laughs> are crammed into the security shack watching. This.
1: Well, in the age before YouTube and smartphones, I guess. Who That's cares? You
0: did. Um, but it's just such a quiet scene where they have and they do. This goes back it to is, what you romantic. were saying earlier, Sunny, about the tension that there is between them without real, like, in your face, sex, like they have this little moment where, is he going to kiss her? Isn't, is, is he not going
1: to let him? Yeah. She's and she doesn't, it just yeah. gets
0: really steamy. And then all you hear is like the plinking of that keys as the camera pans out. I love it. And it's quiet. There's no music. There's no romantic flair to tell you, Hey, they're falling in love or, Hey, this is a sexy moment. It is just them. And then you as the viewer, my, I think it's, a. I, I almost hate to say it, but I think it's a great scene. It is a prostitute scene. letting a guy penetrate her for money <laughs> but
1: in a hotel lobby in a hotel of,
0: <laughs> on a piano <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of the scenes that have has always stuck with me when I I yeah. think about that yeah um Good one. okay so they they do this the next day he's like look you need, you know, he tells her she needs some more clothes, and then she says, Oh, you know, I tried and they're mean to me. And so he takes her down there. He's like, Look, they're mean to everybody. You know, they don't love you. They love credit cards. So we're going to go down there and I'm going to make them spoil you. And, and it was like the shopping scene, you know, like the shopping montage that every yeah. good movie with a good girl has to have. Um, And I was just like, I love this. This is now that is my fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Going into a shop with a credit card. Limited budget. Yep. Yep. And be like, spoil me. That really is my fairy tale.
1: One of my favorite funny moments is when he's sitting there he's on the phone he's doing business she's being fawned over by all these ladies and the manager the store manager comes over to him and and he and says how's it going and he says i think we're gonna need some more sucking up and the guy just starts telling him how (laughs) handsome he is and he's like no not me her (laughs) another kind of throwaway scene but Uh just oh
0: yeah there was one line he said in there that same shop a guy um who's a character actor that People, I don't know his name right now, but he's been in everything. Um, and he says, uh, and Richard Gear comes in, he says, I have an obscene amount of money to spend and I would like you to suck up to us for it. And he's basically like, he goes, actually, sir, you're in, you're in the perfect store for that. Hey, you're in the perfect town for that. That's right. And the <laughs> perfect town. You. Yes. I loved that. <laughs> Total dig against LA. Yeah. 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 And uh and and then we cut to the scene where later in the evening they're in the bathtub together. I don't know why I have this in my notes, but just bother me. There it's a romantic thing and they're in the bathtub together and she's like washing his chest with soap. And I'm like, oh yeah, cause a businessman's chest gets so dirty doing all that business stuff. Like she's really lathering him up. I'm like, I don't know that he needed that much soap on there. He wasn't lifting weights or
1: anything today. <laughs> But, but it's 80 inches of therapy, Kira, yeah. is what you're not realizing. Her it's,
0: legs are long. <laughs> her yeah. Her legs are
1: long. She said uh, for for your listeners, they probably think I'm talking about his something else. That's 80 inches. No. no. <laughs> that that's not 80 inches. She says, "My legs are 40 inches. Each one of my legs is 40 inches," and she wraps them around her and says, "You have 80 inches of therapy wrapped around you." Yeah. So it's another cute moment. It was a cute moment. It was. And now I know it's detergent. And they were both like, when can we get yeah, out like of here?
0: Skin is burning off. <laughs> <laughs> The things actors have to do. And this was another moment in my notes where I wrote, maybe this is why this movie works because we get to spend so much time with these characters. It wasn't, I think you're
1: right. It's all about the characters
0: in a modern day movie. It would be them moving adventure to adventure. Like, Oh, their car got stuck. And then they, you know, they forgot their wallet at the supermarket. And then there's some drug dealer after like there would have been a million different plot points in the movie That would be how we would be expected to develop their relationship. Like they would expect us to develop it based on their adventure. But this movie says, no, we're going to let you get to know these people.
1: Yeah. And it's, but it's not even like they're sitting around having serious conversations. There's just a lot of banter. There's a lot of flirtation, um, you know, this is probably the first moment where they're actually having like a, there's a couple of moments, one where they're in bed and then this one where they're in the tub, where they're having a serious conversation, telling each other about themselves, where you're seeing that they're actually revealing deep, you know, feelings and thoughts to each other. Mm-hmm. The other one is where they're in bed and she's saying about how she got started as a hooker. And right. uh, in this, in this one, they're in the tub and, he's telling her about his parents and his dad dying and so
0: yeah no it was it was actually it was an intimate moment and it didn't the movie didn't ask us to assume intimacy because they were thrown into a desperate situation together (laughs) It, it developed it for us And so I think in a way that was, so again, this, it's a two hour runtime. I was just going to
1: say, and it's so long. Like you pointed out, there's all this time to, and these quiet moments, like on the piano, like you said, it's quiet. It's characterization.
0: Yeah. And it works. And I think you can't do it any other way and make a movie about a prostitute light and airy, you know, I think they just. She has to be likable. She has to be likable. That is a must. And even Edward has to be likable. You know, he can't be, he was cold, but he can't be slimy like Jason Alexander, or that doesn't work either. So you have to want to root for these people. It only
1: works because you believe that he could
0: fall for her. Right. Exactly. Good point. So we get to the polo scene, the polo match. Um, he takes her to that because he's got some smoothing to do. Um, I think this was the first time I realized that polo wasn't necessarily a British thing, it was a rich people thing. I, <laughs> I knew I was obsessed with the royal family growing up, so I knew that Prince Charles played polo. And I have lots of pictures of Princess Diana watching him on the polo field and stuff. But this is the first time I'm like, oh, this is like something rich people do. Um okay. Yeah. I
1: maybe. Yeah.
0: Yep, I have a friend here in Orange County who is a polo player. Really,
1: yep. I've known some people in Texas who do it. Oh, but other than that, yeah, I thought it was maybe a Southern thing.
0: I think it's rich thing. Okay, yeah, anything <laughs> with horses probably I is gonna be rich people stuff. So, because horses are expensive animals to keep, and yeah. They are. yeah. So they're at the another scene where Julia Roberts is super charming and beautiful and so cute. And then we get to see slimy Jason Alexander figuring out that she's a prostitute because Edward has to tell him so that he doesn't think she's a spy or something. And and again, there I have in my note, there's a scene where she he introduces her to these two wives, the Olsen sisters and he's like, oh, um, Vivian, these are the Olsen sisters. And one of them is like, oh, aren't you the flavor of the month or whatever? And I'm like, every woman in this movie is just a lazy piece of crap. They're right. just eye candy mean. or lazy ornaments. They and don't mean. do anything. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> they don't do except anything Bridget. Except Bridget. Except Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> I, now I really want a Bridget movie. Um, <laughs> So we have that scene and this is another place where she gets mad about being called a hooker. Right. <laughs> Deeply insane. hurt. Yeah. It really hurt. They go back to the hotel and she's mad and she calls him an a-hole yeah. and then she's like. That's
1: where she says, if, if I could just be in my own clothes, I could deal bad. with it. Right. But she dressed me up and yeah, but yeah. in her own clothes, as you pointed out, she also couldn't deal with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She was like, I don't like this. So she storms off and he's like, I'm so sorry. You know, hey, forgive me. And that I and 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 so she convinces him to take the next day off work. Which Edward is a busy businessman who is too busy for love. So that's a big deal that he Yeah. is going to take. So the next scene is Vivian's day out, I call it. And it's just right. a montage of them doing things and being cute and they went to the park and I was trying to figure out which park that was. It looked like um, the one that's down by city hall in LA, <clears throat> which is disgusting. I was like, <laughs> what park are they? Cause they're like laying out a picnic and they're laying in the sun and re- If you go down there now, it's all homeless people.
1: Oh, the, the city of LA has decided were that- different in the eighties. They guess really so. were. I mean, the eighties were very prosperous. You just didn't see this kind of homelessness everywhere. Well, it was before, before hopeful. and it was
0: before L.A. made it really easy to be homeless too. Like one of the things they do now, a lot of people might not know this, is that L.A. has—they still have city ordinances about vagrancy, but they've declined to prosecute those, and in fact, yeah. they have now um, decided that they are not going to remove anyone from City Hall property or any public space so actually the what happened was like other homeless people heard about it and they're like sweet i can go and pitch my tent so the parks are full like city hall has la city hall has a tent city in front of it
1: they're campgrounds basically yeah did this begin with the whole occupy thing because it was Yeah. it seemed like that's when yes Tents went up the tents and went they up. didn't really know what to do. And,
0: and what happened yeah. was a lot of – I've been to a few Occupy marches in the day. And uh, what happened was a lot of the people that were the, uh, quote, Occupy marchers were just homeless people. Yeah, <laughs> they were just for, homeless. Yeah, they were just looking for a space. And then it was like the occupiers were setting up food and, and they would just go during the day. It was all – Really homeless people and junkies, and then at night the professional protesters would come in. But they all went back home to their condos that mom and dad paid for or whatever at the end of the night. So yeah, they were in they were in the park, and I'm like, oh, where are all the homeless people? And does it smell like pee? Like that's what I would. That's what (laughs) that park is today. Uh, But they're reading Shakespeare. They go get a hot dog. That that
1: bothered me a little bit. Who picked the Shakespeare? (laughs) Because this is supposedly like her saying, we're going to have a day of, you know, where it's like, just us, we're going to hang out. And I'm thinking, first of all, she's got, she says herself that she's got an 11th grade education. She's not picking Shakespeare.
0: Yeah. Where'd it come from? I guess guess
1: he picked it. Said, I'm going to read Shakespeare to you. I am a train. It's funny how like cultured she is, even though she's. Ignorant and uneducated. Well, she's
0: bright. She's got a curious mind. I, <laughs> you're right. I am a trained actor. And for a while, I specialized in Shakespeare. And if a guy wanted to take me to a park and read Shakespeare to me, I would be like, no, thank you. Yeah. I cannot think of anything more boring. Thanks, yeah.
1: so. though. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. No. <laughs> I. Yeah, you're right. That's a good <laughs> observation. But, and she's all like interested in it yeah somebody else's him. idea of what would be romantic and it's not like i don't know it's just not it's I, a writer's
0: idea of romance yeah
1: yeah i think you're right yeah i mean they might have been the sonnets not the plays probably but even that
0: eh. even that i mean to even if you've never heard shakespeare and then to try to understand it yeah it's it's gibberish yeah. you know, <laughs> so, you know, it's for a lot of work. Time. It's, it's a lot of work. work. Yeah. It's to, not to something you read for right. to relax. Um, and then they, I, they go, they play chess. He teaches her how to play chess. Cause that's what every older man does for a younger woman. He <laughs> teach her how to play chess. My first older boyfriend taught me how to play chess. Like that is what an older man does. <laughs> That's so funny. what i did notice is her diet coke i'm like this scene brought to you by diet coke there's like several of those moments in the movie where diet coke's
1: just sitting there i didn't notice that but that was my that was the drink back then was it? the drink oh yeah that battery acid for your guts Ugh. everybody I, i'm sitting that. here right
0: now sipping on a coke but it's a real coke i could never make myself do diet coke
1: I drank, we all drank. In my my high school, that's all we drank.
0: All the girls.
1: Yeah. Gosh. Isn't that something? I did read something about the aspartame or something. It
0: creates dopamine. And so, there is a little high associated with Diet Coke. Really? Yeah. I I was literally just reading it, like, yesterday. It is so bad for you. It's awful. It's it's worse than than just regular gross Coke. Yeah, which is not great for you, but you might as well just. You're you're just drinking
1: a chemical, like a, I don't know, a a bunch of chemicals. I don't get it. That's what it tastes like too. It does taste like that. You do get used to the taste, but gross. Yeah. I can't (laughs) believe I used to drink that. I agree. I agree. Um,
0: So anyways, that was just a little side note. And and they make love that night. And then she whispers thinking he's asleep. I love you.
1: Not only do they make love, she kisses him. Yeah, she kisses him. Yeah. Is that when she kisses him? Yeah, on yeah. the lips.
0: Yes, that's right. And so they have uh the first like real intimacy. Yeah. And I did think that was creepy when she said I love you.
1: It it made me cringe. Too. Yeah, I cringed. Did you? I cringed, yeah. I was like I was mm. like, Oh no, she's gonna say it. And I of oh. course remembered that she was gonna say it, but but then I As was I'm rewatching it. I'm like, oh no, yeah. I was like, right. I don't know why yes. she had to say if this she's movie a were, hooker. if this movie she's known in four days, right? And if this movie then were made go, today, know to why she's a hooker? Yeah,
0: and if this movie were made today, it would be the guy who's... because now we see a dearth of movies which I think are equally unrealistic of guys who have a one-night stand with a woman who doesn't want a relationship she just wants to be free and have sex with whoever she wants just like a man and then the guy falls in love with her after one night and then is like Mm -hmm. you know pursuing friends with benefits kind of thing but it's the guy that wants the relationship and it's the girl that's like i i can't commit that's how which is also unrealistic but that's what that I believe if it were made today, it would be flipped. He'd be the one saying, I love you. And she'd be the one like, I can't commit. I'm
1: not that person. So yeah, that (laughs) made me like super creepy. Um, Yeah. Now you know why she's in the situation she's in. She falls for these dudes way too fast. Yeah. Gets sucked in and then ends up with a bad person. Right. In a strange town with no money.
0: Right. (laughs) There you go.
1: Queue yeah, up this is pretty well. Theme song. This is her fatal flaw in that moment. She I love shouldn't have
0: kissed, kissed him. him. Nope. And then, of course, he's all like, <laughs> "What? <laughs>
1: danger, danger, <laughs> danger, Will Robinson!" I not like to see that expression on his face. Yeah. Too. He doesn't have any. There's like no the acting, and there's I don't know. He's probably not even acting. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh shit. And we're like, we know what he's thinking.
0: And then, of course, like. What? with oh. me, and then of course he has to like immediately make sure that she understands what the situation is you know so the next morning he's like look blah blah, blah. just want you to know this is a business arrangement but i do want
1: to see you again um yeah. oh but hang on reminder you're a hooker yeah let's elevate you to kept woman yes
0: but i skipped over a very important part Cause I skipped oh. over the red dress. Oh really? I did. I think this is before the red dress. The red dress oh. is before this scene.
1: This oh yes. Is, yes. Like,
0: yeah. And I skipped over that because it's another iconic scene. We can't skip it. They go to the, he takes her to the opera. She comes out in that another moment, Sonny, where it's just classic
1: fashion. Yeah. The dress holds up. Y- it Although does. the white gloves. eh. But the dress definitely
0: holds up. Oh, she looks beautiful. And then, of course, he puts that necklace on her. She reaches in for it. necklace, (laughs) And he snaps it. And she laughs. That
1: That laugh. That was an improvised scene.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it it works like that, right? That's how it looks. Yeah. And it's so charming. Like, oh, my gosh. I think that's when everyone fell in love with Julia Roberts. That one moment it's so great, but she has that red dress and she goes to the opera and she falls in love with the opera. Cause you know what? She's just a cultured girl waiting for culture.
1: That's what she is.
0: <laughs> yeah. She's just waiting. You know, she had it in her all the time. She's just waiting for well, the right I, sugar daddy.
1: I have to say with the, with the Shakespeare, no, with opera. I mean, music can, if you see opera live, if it's a good opera and you don't know anything about opera, you can actually be moved. Live music is really powerful. Mm-hmm. So that's my, I'm kind of, I found that one to be believable. I thought somebody with her sort of depth of feeling mm-hmm. could, could potentially be, because otherwise, yeah, it's really fake. And his whole thing about either you love opera or you don't love opera is BS. I think you can actually mm-hmm. learn to appreciate opera and then feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you know about art, the more you feel when you experience it but music is really unique in that way i think i think that's a very good point um anyways
0: nothing much happens except it's another opportunity to see julia roberts blossom and and mature but again another iconic moment that (laughs) you think of a woman in a red dress in a movie you're thinking of julia roberts yeah the saddest thing
1: after that movie came out Women would there was like a woman who reproduced that moment, she got the same dress like ugh that uh, that's
0: that's cringy Creepy. That, that is cringy. <laughs> you need Gary Marshall for that, honey
1: take <laughs> your own memories yeah. in your own life that was that was weird it was like a thing to to try to reproduce that oh, that's kind of sad,
0: and maybe that's Not like that. another a metaphor for what Hollywood does to us. It makes us think we want things that aren't real and can't happen. Yeah. Um, all right, let's skip ahead. We need to get going here. But, um, then we have that scene where, you know, he says, look, I just, I just want to, I want to, um, I don't want a commitment, you know, clearly this is a business arrangement, but I like you. So you can be basically, as you say, a kept woman, I'll get you an apartment, a car, blah 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 and she gets royally offended and she was like you know
1: not good enough
0: yeah don't treat me like a prostitute he's like i've never (laughs) treated you like a prostitute and then i'm thinking yeah except for that one time you paid her three thousand dollars to have sex for the week but (laughs) I i guess you haven't paid him you're not a prostitute i don't know just another thing where like julie roberts is offended that someone would treat her like a prostitute
1: yeah but again, she makes it work. She makes it work. Um, it's got to be the funniest irony about this movie. Like the whole thing, through the whole thing, she's, oh, I don't want to be treated like a prostitute. And I don't treat you like a prostitute. And yet she is a prostitute. And yes, he does. And like the the, the secret of the movie is that she's a prostitute. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, laughs> so <like>, it's true. <laughs> You're a prostitute. <laughs> It's
0: true. It's true. So I guess
1: that's what they had to do to pull it off.
0: Yeah. Again, you're right. I mean, to to make this very icky concept work, you do you you have to strike a balance between thinking about what she is, and who Julia Roberts is as an actress. Yeah. the only way it works and, and this is
1: where it she does. says my dream is to be rescued by a man yeah okay and and like, did it no. be like a, nowhere was it a condo and, and a credit card but I wanted to be rescued and I, I'm that is the most unmodern yeah part of this film I was
0: like this is where this would not work today yeah you could not do that that would just be like no, wouldn't fly. This movie was getting protested. And yeah, again, this is what I was saying earlier. No woman in this movie has any agency. She, yeah. she even her only goal was to be rescued from her horrible
1: life yeah. instead of she rescuing herself. When I was a little, I've had this dream since I was a little girl, not to be a famous actress or to be a, uh, y- you know, a writer or an artist. It's to be rescued by a man. Right. And then do whatever it is 1990 and not 1960
0: i don't know i still think the concept was pretty prevalent at that time it's late 80s early 90s i still think there was you know the concept of especially in movies maybe in general society it was moving away from that but in movies that was still very much and that is the That is what makes a fairy tale, a traditional fairy tale work, right? I mean, that's just the traditional mechanics of a fairy tale. Someone gets rescued by someone else. So in this, in traditional fairy tales, it's got to be a woman rescued by a man. And this is just at the time, modern retelling, but you could definitely not do that now. If they were making this movie now, that, that line would be gone.
1: Right. Yeah. And she would have a sidekick who would have all the funny lines, Right. Right. Even though she has like a lot of funny lines in this film.
0: She does. And, uh, um, yeah, I think I have here, like men have all the power in this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, Jason Alexander shows up. Uh, he's mad because Richard Gere, now he's a busy businessman that's too bu- busy for love, but his heart has been changed by this hooker with a heart of gold. And so <laughs> he's decided not to take over this old man's company, and he's done like a nice thing for this old man.
1: Yeah, and but Jason, this is also goes back to his crisis with his, his father's death. Another, Sunny, another nice moment
0: that didn't need to be there that added a layer. where he puts his hand on his shoulder and he says, I know this might seem condescending young man. This is the older man, but I'm proud of you.
1: Yeah. And he takes it there. Yeah. But yeah, it was a nice moment. It was a nice moment. And I think it gives closure to this whole, his growth as a person. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. This father figure is saying, I'm proud of you. But while he's
0: doing that, Jason Alexander is, you know, attacking Julia Roberts in the hotel rooms, calling her a whore. Like, he can't stand her because she's ruined this business deal. And he tries to rape her. Again, this is another moment where I'm like, men have all the power in in, in this movie. And then Richard Gere comes in. and He's like, what are you doing? Why are you treating my prostitute like a prostitute? <laughs> <laughs> but he hits her, you know, which is kind of shocking to see.
1: Yeah, he hits her. And he can't rape a prostitute. Can you? Sure, you can. No, you can't. Why not? It's still rape. You can't. Oh, I thought you said you can't
0: rape a prostitute. Yeah. No, you
1: shouldn't rape. Rape. No, you
0: shouldn't. (laughs) Just so we're clear, you shouldn't rape prostitutes. Just because she's a
1: prostitute, rape is still no. Still a crime.
0: It's rape, rape.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's not Roman Polanski rape, according to Whoopi Goldberg. It's (laughs) rape-rape. If you rape a prostitute, it's still rape. It's still
1: (laughs) rape-rape. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So uh, we get the scene where she gets to be rescued by Richard Gere. He pulls him off. He punches him in the face. Sonny, what bothered me most about this scene is he doesn't fire him. I wanted to hear him say, you're fired. Yeah. And he just threw briefcase I guess implied? Maybe, but I wanted to have that moment. Yeah. Like, by the way, you're fired. Yeah. But whatever. Jason Alexander is gone. He's slimy. He's gone. And then, you know, we have the moment about, you know, they're, they're saying goodbye. She's saying yeah,
1: she leaves. And she I do I like I,
0: If there's any kind of empowerment in this movie, it might be in that moment where she says, like, she very well could settle for the things he's offering. And there are a lot of women who do. Even to this day, you know he's offering her a better life. Right. She could at least make some money and have a nice place to live while she plans her next moves. But she's saying, "But I'm changed now, and I want more. And yeah. if you can't give me more, then I'm not going to settle for crumbs." Yeah. I'm, and if there's a moment of empowerment, it's that.
1: That's right. Yeah. This is the feminist moment.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. You could.
1: And she. And All she. That does i mean and this yeah this is the moment and part of it is like you get the sense that he's by treating her with respect and clean helping her kind of clean up her act and take herself more seriously and um think of herself as smart and and someone desirable just for herself not you know because she's hot um you could see that she would say okay i'm gonna have some self-esteem now and i'm just gonna I'm not going to put up with this. I, I want to have love. I want to have the whole package. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a good moment. And, and, and it's also necessary for him to finally want her.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. She's so, she's the one thing he can't have. Cause she does say that in that piano scene where he orders everyone out. And she says, people just do, everyone just does what you want. Don't they?
1: Well, there's a dignity to it, too. She's finally saying, I'm not a hooker anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So she leaves and, you know, Daryl, the limousine driver, takes her back to her place. This is where I, I in every movie that we do on this show, I always play spot the black person, um, and <laughs> <laughs> the only black people in this movie are Daryl, the limo driver, a hooker at the beginning of the scene, and a bellboy. These are the black people. So, but you know what, Daryl, whatever, he made it work. He got her to where she needed to go. Um, he got a Hispanic hotel manager. And the Hispanic pimp, Carlos. Right. Um, She's in the car and the soundtrack is playing and I have in my notes, this soundtrack is everything and I need it. I love it. it.
1: (laughs) This is such a good soundtrack. Brought back a lot of memory. Yes.
0: Even the opening song um, I'll get over you. I know I will. What's it oh about? yeah. I'm yeah. The king of, I don't I know. Isla? Yes. That song.
1: Yeah. And then the last song. Yes. Yeah. Very yes. romantic.
0: Oh yeah. I love this, this soundtrack. It was really good. And she, she goes back, she's packing up, she's moving to San Francisco. She's going to start a new life. She's going to, She doesn't know. Kids ask her, what are you going to do? She's like, I don't know. I'm going to, you know, get a job and I'll go to school. Like, I have other things I want to do, and my place is not here, basically. And a a couple of things. The outfit she had on, I coveted forever. Still cute. I still, that blazer, jeans, and a white t shirt. White t
1: shirt, jeans, and a black blazer. Still cute. Still style. I would still wear that. Whoever did the, uh, by the way, that hat is back in. But whoever did the, um, which hat? The black hat that she wears. Oh, in the beginning? Yeah, and she's wearing it in that scene, too. Yeah, see, 90s is back. It's back. Yeah. That hat is back. The But that outfit, um, yeah, I mean, whoever did the styling in this film, I mean, there are definitely some dated pieces I wouldn't wear today, but for the most part, there just were many, many classic looks. Yeah,
0: I agree. She. It was very good styling, and I loved that outfit. I did... I did have a laugh though when she was like, I'm moving to San Francisco and I was like, Okay, well this must be the last time in history where anyone ever said to themselves, I'm moving to San Francisco for more opportunity
1: (laughs) Unless you're gay. Right. If you're gay there's more gay opportunity. But the Yeah. Yeah. No one, like, moves to San Francisco
0: to be prosperous. What's
1: up there there that isn't in L.A.? I mean, maybe she's just trying to get away from L.A. so she doesn't...
0: Yeah, but to go to San Francisco, which now is the most expensive city in America, right? that's what is crazy. Now there's poop maps of San Francisco. She should be
1: moving to Phoenix or something.
0: Right! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, San Francisco, you can't even buy, like, a room in someone's house for less than $1,500 a month. Right. That's right. So just the idea, I had to giggle. I'm like, oh, my, how times have changed. Now people are escaping, which I'm sure you're familiar with, but yes. people are like desperate to leave San Francisco for opportunity <laughs> somewhere. Yes. I just thought it was funny that someone was actually going there. To fulfill their dreams
1: that's funny i hadn't thought about that but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, i thought it was just to get a like she's she needs a change of scenery but you're right of all the places to put yourself into a, a financial bind
0: <laughs> right <laughs> i'm like honey that three thousand dollars is not gonna last in san francisco you better find a good job quick yep if she moved up there she would have just been back on the streets yep yep um so she, Richard Gere by this time has decided he does want her and he gets Daryl that might, you know, I'm sorry, listeners, my dog black. is outside barking and, um, nobody will help me with her. <laughs> Come get this dang on dog. Um, but yeah, so Richard Gear uh, has found, um, Daryl, the black limo driver, thankfully. Um, and he drives her over to Julia Roberts house. And we have that great scene where he climbs up the fire escape and he's afraid of heights. So he's this is a big moment for him. Right. Yeah. It's a big moment and it's kind of operatic, you know, it's got op- operatic he's sound playing
1: component. the opera music, I think. Yes. Yeah.
0: And, um, you know, they, they kiss and. He asked, "How's the fairy tale?" But then, right before this, though, here's another moment. It was just a little tiny moment, but it made me really laugh. So we 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 see Kit right. Kit's talking to this other prostitute who we've seen a couple times in the movie, and she's basically inviting her to move in to take over Julia Roberts' rent. And she and they're at like an ice cream stand or whatever. She's like, "Do you like how? Like, do you have a lot of stuff to move in or what?" And her friends like, no, Carlos burned most of my stuff. <laughs> I don't know why. I know that there's me so me many so funny hard. lines like that. <laughs> that made me just laugh these
1: like so deadpan hard. humor lines. Yes. This movie is funny.
0: No, it's funny. It was really funny. And even then, we see Kit, you know, going, well, you know, because I'm not gonna be doing turning tricks for long. You know, I'm gonna go to cosmology cosmetology like, school. I'm not, not gonna be there
1: school. that much, yeah. so I gotta <laughs> charge you more.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It like, I wonder what happened to Kit. You know, maybe we could get a Kit, a movie about Kit. She's going to cut hair. She didn't make it. I don't think she, she made She doesn't realize
1: it, it costs $10,000 in licensing costs. Right.
0: Schooling. <laughs> the city of LA squashed the dream she worked for. That's right. She... Wrong dream, honey.
1: Try to... The reason why hook- hookering works is you don't need a license.
0: <laughs> so true. First time she has to pay, like, employee taxes. Oof. Done. <laughs> That's um, right. So yeah, that was a cute little moment. But of course it ends with Richard Gere and Julia Roberts getting together and he says what happens after he, he rescues the princess and she says, um, she rescues him right back. Um, yeah. I guess by not, by making him not
1: as rich as he was or
0: something. I don't know what she, she rescues him and I guess in a way.
1: We can, giving him an emotional fulfillment. Yeah.
0: So that's fine. We buy it because they worked hard to get us to this moment. They um, did.
1: Yeah. She totally warms him up. And we bought it. We buy it. And then it's happily he ever takes after. takes his shoes off and puts him in the grass now. And yeah. He's a real human being. Way more zen.
0: Yeah. He's a real human being now.
1: Yeah. Um, Sunny, what do you think
0: would be a more empowering ending to this movie? If we were going to make this movie today, if we could get a green greenlit. Um, we know that that ending probably wouldn't work. I mean, we recently saw the live action remake of Cinderella and even that movie. She did go off with the Prince, but it was like they made sure to be really like, we gotta make sure that people know like this is her decision and she's choosing herself above everyone else. And like they even put a little empowerment angle in that movie. What, well, what would a more empowering ending be? Do you think?
1: You know, I mean, I think it's fine I that she, I like that she stands up for herself and decides that she's just not going to be bought anymore. Mm -hmm. That to me is really actually the empowering moment, as you you said. If you were going to do it differently, I would want to know that she was actually going to achieve this on her own without him. Mm -hmm. So maybe fast forward. She's got a job. She's Mm -hmm. going to school. He finds her. And then says, you know, like, I can't live without you. But she's already on a trajectory that she wasn't on. That I agree. That would be the only thing.
0: I, now I agree. Now we're talking a
1: three-hour movie. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. We're talking a well, sequel. No. If we could have cut. Two. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think if we had cut the movie, we had ended the movie where she leaves the hotel room and she tells him, I'm, you know what, I want more and you can't give me more because I'm different now than I was last week. I think yeah. if we end there, then we've got the last 10 to 15 minutes of the movie to get to where you're going. I think that would be the powerful one. I thought it would be more powerful if she walked out and just let, let you know, And she was like, I don't need you, and I don't yeah. need what you're offering me. You've given me what I needed. And that was yeah. really, ultimately, that was culture and hope. And then, yes. And then she goes off, she takes the money she's made. Maybe we see her go to the apartment with kit and like i have a plan i'm gonna do a b c and d yeah, and then, I, don't, yeah.
1: I don't like that she's so wishy-washy in her plan i think that's a really yeah. good point she's sort of like well i got i got skills she says it kind of sounds whiny yeah so i'll do something i don't I got, know I'm, I'm you know i'm i'm i got skills you know she but you said. know what
0: coming to la without a plan was exactly what landed her on hollywood boulevard so she best that's not right. go up to san francisco without a plan
1: that's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I think that would be the more um, empowering version. The, the of this. other
1: thing is, theres it's not clear what she's interested in in life. Yes. She doesn't have any interests. Right. Again, that's, that's, that's charming. Another so, example
0: of women not having agency in the movie. Yeah.
1: So if they had developed yeah. her as a character where she actually showed, like, was it cars? Maybe it was cars. Right. But she didn't really show that much interest in cars after that first moment. And, you know, maybe instead of going to a polo match, they could have gone to a car show. And then you could have really seen her like yeah. have this like knowledge and understanding. And then you could have seen her get a job or something through her connections with Edward. You know, maybe she gets a job working in some automobile thing. And like, she, that, would have she gets been a job selling real.
0: luxury vehicles. Right. She's like, the yes. And then Edward comes in to buy a vehicle one day. Yeah. And then they have to negotiate the price.
1: Okay, we and, just rewrote this. Okay, movie. we
0: just oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we are we are we are making this movie. <laughs> well, here's something funny, Sonny. Uh, they are doing a reboot of this movie in a way. Is no. actually it's going to be a Broadway musical.
1: Oh I kid you not, I believe God. it opens
0: this summer. Uh, so,
1: yeah. that could either be terrible or really awesome. I think I don't it's gonna know. be awesome. It could be really awesome. I it do. depends on the music. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. I thought you were going to say to me, they've remade it and they're making the darker version.
0: So the darker version for our fans, uh, you should know the darker version of this movie or the original version of this movie. Julia Roberts actually is a, a, a crackhead or a cocaine addict um, in the original script, or Vivian, her character, um, along with Kit, And, and you do see a little bit of that at the beginning, like where she sees like the prostitute that died and it was like a crackhead. Yeah. That was written because her, she was having a problem with cocaine as well. And so the deal was that he would hire her, but only if she didn't do drugs. So there was a whole subplot with her trying to stay clean, uh, for the week. And then in the end, she went back to prostituting. And he left.
1: So it really wasn't yeah, That a sounds more twenty eighteen to me. Absolutely. And it ended
0: apparently it <laughs> ended up it ended with her and her friend, her roommate, on the bus to Disneyland. Cause they were gonna go hook oh, there, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And so That's horrible. It was a very it just doesn't make you wish that you had been like a fly on the wall in talks when they were discussing a, the drastic change
1: they made in the Yeah, movie. I'm just surprised anyone ever made this movie given how, how it started out. Like who was in the room going you know, I think I could change that and make that yeah. a happy funny, best romantic comedy of the year.
0: Um, in the Someone original had script her roommate overdosed on drugs.
1: Oh my god. Yeah,
0: so it was much, much darker. And,
1: yeah. Uh, Way more no, A different movie, yeah, Really? Totally different movie. This is a a Cannes Film Festival winner. I think that they should make it. It's definitely got Oscar written all over it. They did
0: make this movie, and it was called Leaving Las Vegas. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. And it won
0: Oscars. (laughs) Ironically, Elizabeth Shue was up for this role. Was she really? I'm going to read to you this list. Do you have any idea of who was up for the uh, role of Vivian? Um, Julia yeah. Roberts was actually the last choice
1: oh my gosh
0: Yes. do you have any guesses or
1: um, know anything trying to think of the actresses at the time um, no I mean
0: it's a I bunch of think. people she was way way down on Old a Kidman? very very. She around then? list uh, I don't think this was Nicole Kidman's American time no
1: okay I don't know alright it's a long Ooh. list well, read the, the most interesting. Molly Ringwald. <laughs> no!
0: She turned it down because she thought the script was too dark. Now, of course, she probably read the original script.
1: I can see her as a junkie whore, but not as a charming, transformed guy whore. She
0: has said that she regrets turning down the role, but at the time... Um, she's coming off her Brat Pack years.
1: No way could she have pulled that movie off like Julia Roberts though.
0: Well, none of these people could, there's maybe one or two names in here that you can maybe see, but I'll read some of the others. Um, she didn't like the idea of playing a prostitute. That's what she said. But then she said, Demi Moore, um, no, uh, Molly Ringwald didn't Demi Moore was up for the part of Kit. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, Sandra Bullock turned down the role of Vivian.
1: You know, early Sandra Bullock, maybe, uh, maybe could have done it.
0: Maybe. Yep. Uh, let's see. Meg Ryan. Disney hmm. wanted Meg Ryan.
1: I could see. Um, she might again, be a different Vivian. But charming. She's charming. a charming mm-hmm. girl next door kind of innocence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kim Basinger. And you have to well, picture these people as
0: young. Now, here's another pick that... She, this is this woman was older, and I think this would have changed the entire tone of the movie. Um, um, Kathleen Turner.
1: No. Yeah. Gina weird. Davis. Also weird. Carrie no. Fisher.
0: Bo Derek. Ugh. This list is so long. I mean,
1: Julia Roberts like is literally the last. Like every woman in Hollywood but every, Julia Roberts.
0: Everyone but Julia Roberts. Uh, Kelly McGillis who was in Top Gun. Yeah. Um, Melly Griffith, Sharon Stone, Michelle Pfeiffer, Madonna, Jamie Lee Curtis, Emma oh Thompson. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rosanna Arquette, <laughs> Heather Locklear, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, Joan Cusack.
1: Phoebe, what? Yeah. Phoebe Cates. Maybe Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates. Mm-hmm. I loved her. hmm yeah, yeah she, she was got she that was, same yeah. kind of innocence. Mm-hmm. Taylor that. Yep,
0: she's so not even cousin. pretty.
1: She was then.
0: She she's one of those women that like just developed strangely as she got older. But if you go back and look at younger and Cusack stuff, she was really cute. Um, Bridget Fonda.
1: Yeah, she was big then,
0: huh? Diane Lane. Now Diane Lane was actually signed to this movie. But she could not take the role ultimately because of scheduling conflict. And the role she took was the darker version. Interesting. Yes. Um, Drew Barrymore. But Gary Marshall said she was too young. He would not cast her. And then Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields was up for the role. A young Brooke Shields. That makes sense. And she didn't want to take the role because up to that point she had been very sexualized. Very
1: wholesome.
0: Well, no, she'd been very sexualized. So she, she had played in, what was that movie where her and the boy on the island? Blue Lagoon. Yeah. And at 12, she did that now famous Calvin Klein's ad with her butt in the jeans. She had always been over-sexualized. And I think she had some issues with abuse and molestation and she has a horrific momager story. Yeah. So I think at that time she was like, I want to be a serious actress and I don't want to be. Like the sex pot.
1: That's a huge mistake. I think she would She's, have been great at that said, role. I think and so, too.
0: And she said the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. She was And like, that oh, would have like, turned her into a real A-list movie star instead of... She really became a TV star. Yeah. Daryl Hannah? Yeah, young Daryl Hannah. I she, just watched Blade Runner the other night. Oh, she was super cute she, when she was young. She was gorgeous. Splash. Ooh. And she had that vulnerable... When she plays the mermaid, she plays the same character. She kind of is like a Julia
0: Roberts. In fact, her and Julia Roberts... Um, did go out for a lot of the same roles in the nineties. Yeah, I do know that, um, Similar
1: personalities.
0: Yes. Uh, she turned it down because she thought the role denigrated women.
1: Well, good for so, her. Interesting.
0: Clap for slow clap for Daryl Hannah. She's a cuckoo <laughs> bananas now, but she's a crazy lady. She's weird now. Um, let's see, um uh, some men, do you have any clues for, a man that was
1: tapped to play Edward? No. Um, I'm, I, I can't cast my mind back to that yeah, time. I I'm, know. It's hard to know who was, like, okay. who, who was cool then. The first one is going to really like... Val Kilmer? Skeevy. No.
0: oh, He might have been too young at that time, too. I didn't think no. about that, but he may, maybe would have been a good one. Um, Burt Reynolds. No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I can't. What? I know.
1: Well, if we're going along those lines, then uh, how about the guy who played uh, Magnum PI? What's his name? Um,
0: oh, Tom Selleck.
1: Tom Selleck.
0: Ugh. Edward would have been a lot different with a bushy mustache. Or,
1: did you ever see the old seventy show or eighty show, Heart to Heart? The oh, guy who are you supposedly kidding? killed Natalie Wood, Robert Who's Wagner. Robert yeah, maybe Wagner? he could have played that role. He could have.
0: Yeah, he was very. Uh, I used to love that show. Yeah, Heart to Heart. Uh, yeah, yeah, Heart to Heart was yeah. a favorite. Um, Christopher Reeve.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I kind of saw it. I kind of was like, oh. He's I... more the Julia Roberts character, though. He's like the young, charming, innocent.
0: He could play. If you see some of his other work outside of Superman, he actually did have quite a screen presence. He does He does yes, he have did. a bit of gravitas. Yeah. I, I could almost see it. Again, it would be different. Okay. But I could. It's certainly more so than Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds? Was like, That's like, is that a Joke. I was very disturbed to find that out. And, yeah, and the quote no. from Burt Reynolds is that he apparently, after he saw the film and the lovemaking scenes, he said he'd made a huge mistake in not taking that <laughs> part. <laughs> um, and here is the other one, which I do not believe. I don't believe for one second that they seriously considered this. But apparently, Denzel Washington was up for the role. Ooh. And I do not believe that in nineteen ninety they were ever serious about casting a black man as a romantic lead with a white woman. He did do a movie with Julia Roberts a few year, years later. It was a John Grisham film. You remember that one? Yes. Now that, that was, was a good a, film. It was a good movie and that but it was very controversial because in the book it's they are love interests. His character now, isn't and Julia that Roberts right
1: around the time that Whitney Houston did the movie with with Kevin Costner. Uh-huh.
0: Yep. And it was very, and that was controversial too, but they would not write, they wrote out the romance, they filmed the romance scenes and then they edited them out of Denzel and Julia Roberts in that John Grisham film, which I can't remember the name of now, but um, because they did not feel audiences were ready for that. So there, I do not believe that Denzel was ever a serious consideration. I really don't. Yeah,
1: I really don't. Uh, it well, would have, today, could you do the, uh, mixed romance because today, sure. oh yeah, today yeah. for sure. But it's still kind of controversial only in the other way. Like it has to be, people, you know, black people would be upset. Like, why are you casting a white person in this no, black role?
0: No, I think, think things have changed now it would have to be a mixed couple because you have to have this kind of diversity now. <laughs> and like, I even notice it in my, it would commercials. probably be a
1: transgender with oh, a, That's a whole different story. Yeah. But it would be,
0: it would be, and it would, I think people would be all right with casting Denzel because he's got all the power. The man has all the power in this movie. So I think people would be like, okay, well, he's a powerful guy. So, you know, that's good. He was
1: so hot when he was, now that that's around the time that he was really big. He'd just done that movie with, um, Spike Lee. We were
0: just starting Denzel Washington was just starting to be Denzel. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, you said, now you said you listened to that Dirty Harry episode. Yeah. And you caught the part where Denzel's in that movie. He's yeah. in that film for like half a second, not even.
1: He's five years old. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's like 18. <laughs> I think he's like 17 or 18 years old. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a Denzel. I love Denzel. Washington. Isn't that funny
1: when you see these like big stars in mm-hmm. their first bit parts? It's yeah. Really-
0: yeah. I love him. I love him. Um, so, yeah, that's something interesting. That's about it for who who was going to play who uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Did
1: I Molly Ringwald? What? Yeah. The- yeah, well, I'm glad it was Julia. It's hard to even imagine two different actors playing these roles because mm. it's, it's like what we've been talking about. It's so heavy on the characterization that you really do have to you come to really identify this movie with these two people. Yeah. And it's really hard to separate that from these two actors and Julia Roberts in particular. It's such a great role for her and really capitalizes on that quality that she has, which like you said, she's not the greatest actress, but she really just is charming, like crazy. And that's what this role needs because otherwise it's not believable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It really is hard to imagine anyone else in this role. And, uh, you know, she, she was, a joy to watch in it as she really is picky as the subject was and the hair and the what? hair. The budget for this film was uh 14 million estimated mm-hmm. 14 million in 1989 is when they filmed it. Mm-hmm. Um Do you have a guess? Just guess what it might've made opening weekend.
1: Did it make a hundred million?
0: It was, it was released in March,
1: maybe 60 million
0: opening weekend was 11 million Oh okay. Domestic gross I'm not good at this. I don't Yeah, know I know, yeah, it's basketball. it's But for a 14 million dollar film to open at 11 million, it's good. That's the best you can hope for. Yeah. Um the domestic gross was 178 million.
1: Good for them.
0: The cumulative worldwide gross was 463 million and counting.
1: And still making money. Yes. I mean, this movie holds up. It's kind of funny, but it does. Yeah. I mean, even though it's not appropriate, it wouldn't be made today. There's there really are problems. I mean, I'm not I'm not a feminist and I have problems with the the rescue fantasy. And the it's just kind of I cringe about it. It's just the wrong thing. And but but even so she does kind of Get dignity at the end. The fashion isn't too dated. The music isn't too dated. I I felt like the movie's just well made. It is. It
0: is really holds up. It's a very good movie. I typically like to do bad movies on this podcast because oftentimes they're more fun to talk about, but the last two movies I've done have been really good. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and this, I mean, they've been excellent movies. They've been very well made. I mean, I watched this and thought there is a reason why Gary Marshall is the king of romantic comedies. Yeah. I mean, he knows what he's doing or knew what he was doing and Uh, Julia Roberts is a star and that's all there is to it. She's a superstar.
1: And it's pre it's before she really became so big that she was getting weird. Right. And pretentious. So she just really is utterly
0: charming. Yeah, really, truly. And, uh, I mean, I guess I don't have to ask you, but would you recommend this movie?
1: Oh yeah. But uh, like I said, if my daughter watched it, I'd have to sit her down. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I to like be like, yeah. okay, let me talk to you about this. Yeah, I agree. Uh I don't want you fantasizing yeah. that this is like How Not not that I worry about her being a hooker, but just this <laughs> idea that yeah. you know, um that you should and, and not that I I I'm I'm not a person who says like I actually believe in you should get married and you should marry somebody who who can provide and mm-hmm. you, there is this whole, don't be a gold digger is kind of BS too. Like, I think a woman needs to think about that when she gets married Yeah, and it's a man's world. Well, but also yeah. because you have the babies. And so yeah. if you want to have a family, you need someone who's going to maybe step up, um, some of that time, you know, who would want to be pregnant and then have a baby with someone who couldn't kind of take over for a few months, right. you know, <laughs> And you don't want to be the woman dragging some guy through life. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I would never give the advice of you can do it all alone and take care of yourself. Like I love family and I believe in family and I think that those are good values, but I don't think that your dream should be (laughs) to be rescued by a dude. Yeah.
0: No. Like you've got to contribute to something, something as well. Right. And you, you kind of pointed that out earlier when you were like, we don't even know what she likes to do. Right. You know, we don't even know what <laughs> they she don't even wants. Get into it. Yeah. We you know. she, does she like to cook? Would she like to own a cafe someday? Would she like, you know, like, oh. uh, she like to be a sous chef or,
1: you know, there's <laughs> just nothing. That, so. That's a really big difference. Would you ever have a movie today where the woman has nothing? There's nothing about her that's, she doesn't have any personal values.
0: Right. No, that movie. No,
1: I don't, I can't think of, you know, unless it's reality TV. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping up with the Kardashians. Right. And then even always, (laughs) always the romantic comedies. The woman has something. I mean, look at the Meg Ryan films. Let's just bring her up. You know, you've got mail or whatever. She's got her bookstore and then she's the end. She's going to go be an editor she's got a career she's taking care of herself she's yeah yeah um,
0: yeah no i agree i agree um i i also would recommend this movie especially because there's just so many iconic moments in it and it's just really yeah. a part of pop culture history I think so too. at this point point. and i do think that regardless of the icky underlying problems with it it is just a traditional fairy tale you're right. So it, that never goes out of fashion. There's always room for a fairy tale. And this is one, you know, and if you can put aside some of the problematic things that you and I talked about, like, I agree, I would not watch this with my, my daughter's 10. I would not watch this with her now. And then if we watched it later, we for sure would be having some conversations. Right. But, when you're 15, uh,
1: it's it's one of those movies you wouldn't just hand her and go, hey, great movie. Why don't you watch yeah, it?" You'd be you like, know. okay, I'm going to let you watch this, but we're going to talk about it. Yeah.
0: So, but I thought, it, I, thought it, I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching it. I did too. If I go to see a movie and I see the runtime is two over two hours, like a minute over two hours, my first yeah. thought is like, oh my gosh! And so when this came up and it was like two hours and five minutes, I'm like, oh my gosh! But it did not feel like two hours.
1: Yeah, I agree. And even though I've already seen it a million times, like I did really actually enjoy watching it again now, two decades later or whatever. Yeah. It was it was a fun, it was fun, and I I really was surprised at the humor. I I really laughed a lot at the dialogue. Some of the the bantering dialogue was really funny.
0: Yeah, I did too. I thought it was a great movie. So I definitely recommend it. Um, It's definitely inappropriate and probably could not be made the (laughs) way it is today. I don't know what the Broadway show is going to look like. I have a feeling they'll tweak a few of the girl power moments in there. Yeah. Um, just for I their think audience we figured it out yeah like, i think literally figured, changed like those two things our script is, and now we need a sequel which is you know 30 years later and richard Gere's a senior citizen and he's having an affair with the secretary and they've fallen out of love and she they get divorced and she's got to find herself again as a divorced woman
1: <laughs> oh my like, god that <laughs> sounds awful i'd rather see bridget and the hotel manager <laughs>
0: yes I want that story. All right, Sunny. Well, we have, uh, I've kept you long enough. Um, I always have so much fun talking about these movies. Yeah. I really appreciate you um, lending us your time today. I had a great time. It was
1: fun. Thanks um, for inviting me. Tell people where they can find you. You can find me at YouTube at the channel House of Sunny, And I've got my podcast there and my videos.
0: Great. And, uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Kira Creates. You can um, find me over at Phantom Sway where we have some other, we have a Friday short fiction contest, you guys. It's a hundred word stories. It's so much fun. Every Friday, our fiction editor, Jimmy Bice, releases a new picture and you have to write a hundred word story about the picture. If you're a writer, this is a really great exercise. I do it myself every week. It's a really great exercise to try to condense something of interest into this small little space. So that's great. We've got music reviews going on over there. Um, the Red Ivy podcast is going to be back with their Cubs, Chicago Cubs podcast. Baseball season is here. Um And then, of course, you be sure to be on the lookout for my movie, which I just filmed last month, Minty. Busy girl. Is the story of Harriet Tubman. We're in post with that. That's scheduled to be delivered in June. I'm really excited for you guys to see that. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on. So I want to thank you for taking time to listen to How Inappropriate. I've been your host, Kira Allen. Next week, we'll be doing Animal House. And my guest will be Christian Toto uh, from Toto in Hollywood. He's a movie reviewer. uh, So we're going to have a great time there. Thanks again, Sunny. Thanks, Kira. Peace. Phantom Sway Podcast Music Books Ritual Human Sacrifice Wait 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 N- not that last one Phantomsway dot com